On this episode we continue our trek on the Shamrock Trail with the stop at the Burrawa War Memorial and we will also do the weekly sports wrap. I'm Dean Franklin and this is Burrawa. is probably one of the most recognisable buildings within Bora and takes pride of place at the end of the main street before you head off into Young. World War I ended in 1918 and for the next 13 years Bora still had no war memorial. The townspeople differed about what form the memorial should take. Would it be a memorial park, a rotunda for the town and district band or a concrete bridge over Ryan's Creek? There was a postal vote that went out to all voters in the Commonwealth electoral roll for the division of Burrawa. The result was 219 for the Rotunda and 606 for the Memorial Bridge, but there was still no decision made. In December 1932, the Burrawa RSL sub-branch called a special meeting under the guidance of Mr Reginald Sutton to give the people of Burrawa an opportunity of hearing the proposal of what the committee had been working on for the last three months a war memorial that could be a shrine for those who had made the supreme sacrifice and to recognise the enlisted men and women that have returned from the war. In addition, it would serve as a meeting room for the Borough RSL sub-branch. Mr Sutton told the meeting that the committee had taken the initiative to contact the Royal Australian Institute of Architects to propose a competition for its members to provide drawings and specifications for a suitable memorial for the town. The successful architect was Mr William Ronald Richardson from Balmain, who had also served in the First War. He was paid £24 for his winning design. He also visited Borough six times to inspect progress and was paid £21 for his supervision. The general design of the building is reminiscent of some of the old ecclesiastical structures still to be seen in the south of England. Those returned men and women who visited Somerset may have seen the Abbot's Kitchen, as it is called at Glastonbury, the general form of which was the inspiration for the memorial. The dovecote which surmounts the Glastonbury building was changed to a clock tower for the Borough War Memorial. The memorial would be seen as a monument with the advantage of the earth, grass, trees and sky surrounding it, representing the 350 young local men who went to war for king and country, and particularly the 68 who laid down their lives and paid the ultimate sacrifice. The Lands Department made available a portion of land at the northern end of Marsden Street to the Borough RSL sub-branch, perpetuity free from encumbrances such as rates, electricity, etc. for the memorial to be built. A contract was granted to local builder Mr Fred Barlow for the construction of the building with a clause in the contract that states, all things being equal, the building is to employ those men who served the Great War that wanted work. Local bricks were chosen for its walls for a dual reason. The use of them creating work in the district and giving them a de definite sense of fitness made and they will be made of borough clay. The tiles on the roof were carefully selected of a colour and texture to harmonise with the brick walls. The four main walls are aligned north, south, east and west and the other four walls indicate the secondary compass points. The windows are constructed and made of Queensland maple and one placed in the west wall at the going down of the sun 
and the other in the east wall, and in the morning, lines from the Ode of Remembrance. The floor of the hall itself is made from Jarrah from Western Australia and is laid in eight panels which convert onto a small white octagon in the centre of the building. This is to represent the soldiers coming from all points of the compass to form a united group. The entrance door is of Queensland maple and the original handle has a 1933 penny embedded into it. The, tort, the porch is paved with one single block of Hawkesbury sandstone. The clock in the turret has no numbers. The word Anzac is used instead, along with two diamonds at 3 and 9 o'clock. The clock was purchased from Prouds Limited, Sydney, for £165, which included installation. The honour roll was originally to be made of slate and to be installed within the building itself, but at a later date a decision was made to place the roll on the exterior of the building to be made of bronze and for everyone to see at all times. The roll of honour, the Great Wall, 1914 to 1918, was unveiled on Anzac Day 1933, covered by the Australian flag and the Union Jack. The flagpoles cost six pounds. As stated in the Brewer News dated 30th June 1933, on Friday afternoon late in June 1933, the keys of the Soldiers Memorial were handed over by architect Mr Richardson to the president of the Brewer RSL sub-branch, Mr Reginald Sutton. Mr Sutton said that in December last, when the people gave us the mandate to go on with the building, they rallied around us in a splendid manner with the guidance of the fundraising organiser, Mr George Hill, when especially it is remembered that the spending power of the people in the districts were very limited in these hard times. The sum of £1,017 had been raised and now there was only a debt of £70 owing on the memorial with the Union Bank in Brewer. Brewer News did print a list of names from all denominations in the Brewer district who had donated to the fundraiser. Mr Sutton then thanked the architect, Mr Richardson, and the builder, Mr Barlow, for the manner in which the work was carried out, and they were more than pleased with the memorial, and for the town the size of Brewer, it was unique for its design and construction. Mr Sutton then accepted the keys from Mr Richardson and declared the Brewer Memorial open. Mr Albert Scott from the Courthouse Hotel brought along a few bottles of good scotch, and all present were able to wet the occasion. The brick fence that surrounds the memorial was built by Mr Dave Hallahan in January 1936. By the end of the war, the Australian Imperial Forces had acquired a large number of German and Turkish weapons, which were eventually shipped back to Australia. As a memorial to the participation of local men and women to the AAF, it was decided to distribute the weapons to cities, towns and districts. Larger centres were given artillery pieces, while smaller towns or districts received machine guns. Brewer also wanted its trophies, so the Mayor of Brewer requested two cannons and three machine guns. The New South Wales Trophy Committee allocated in 1921 to Brewer a light and heavy machine gun. Today the light machine gun is on display on a concrete plinth at the Brewer World War. But what has become of the heavy machine gun, number 9272, captured by the 53 Battalion, is a mystery. In local sports, in junior cricket, Brewer Gold had a good win over the Ray White Heat, with the Gold winning the toss and electing to bowl. Remembering that each batter faces 15 bowls and each bowler bowls three overs. With that in mind, the Heat put off on 111 from their 20 overs and Gold made 162 from their 20. Pick of the bowlers for Gold were Edward McGuinness with two for four from his three overs, Archer Dowling with one for 11 from three and Angus Shea with one for seven from his three overs. In batting, Edward McGuinness made 31 from his 15 balls, Jacob Halls made 18 from his 15 and Archer Dowling making 13 from his 15. This week, Gold travelled to Young to take on the Young Vet Clinic Renegades. In the other game, Brewer Green went down to the Cato Strikers 113 to 117. 
Green won the toss and elected to bowl. Pick of the bowlers were Octavian Miller with one for seven from his two overs and William Wade with one for seven from two. In batting, both Digby Merriman and Octavia Miller made 16 from 11, with Digby getting two fours and a six. This weekend, Green take on Ray Whiteheat in Brewer. In senior cricket, the Crocs had a very convincing win in their elimination final against the Tamora Bowling Club Tigers A-grade. Tamora won the toss and elected to bowl. The Crocs made eight for 140 off their 40 overs and were able to dismiss Tamora for just 84 runs off 13.4 overs. Pick of the batters were Jacob Carmody with 43 from 75 and Tem Suda with 33 from 33. Best bowlers were Jason Stewart with 4 for 25 off his 4 overs and Joshua Carmody with 3 for 20 off 2.4. This week, the Crocs travelled to Cooter to take on the Cooter Club Bulls in the preliminary final. In the B grade, the big bottles were unfortunately outplayed by the Brewery Rams. The Rams won the toss and elected to bat and made an impressive 246 off 35 overs and were able to dismiss the big bottles for just 85 runs in 19.4 overs. Pick of the bowlers were Jacob Kennedy with an amazing 6 off 25 off 7 overs. The best batters were Brennan Sheen with 63 from just 56 balls. This week, the big bottles host the Tomorrow Bowling Club Tigers B grade in the preliminary final. Good luck to all teams. In shooting, Brewer Gun Club's February competition was held on Saturday the 24th of February. There was a good attendance of 25 competitors and the day, although a little windy, was sunny with good targets on offer. The first event was the 25 target handicap with four shooters scoring 24 from 25. Matt Gertensberg looked composed and confident during the shoot-off, winning the handicap event with a shoot-off score of 16 from 16. Not a bad effort off 25 metres. Riley Ricketts came second and Darren Reedy took out third place. The second event of the day was the 75 target champion of champions shot off 18 metres. Brewer local Adam Reed skinned the event with a 121 from 125, taking out the overall prize. First in the AA was Chris Owen with a score of 119 from 125. Second place in AAs had to be decided by a shoot-off with three shooters retired on 117 from 125. Angus Ricketts came out on top with a perfect shoot-off score of 25 from 25. A-grade had to be decided via shoot-off as Matt Baker and Wendy Barton were both tied on 113 from 125. Matt took first in A-grade with a shoot-off score of 20 from 25 and Wendy took, off, took out second. B-grade was won by Marcus Fielding with 112 from 125 and Rex Murphy came second on with 109 from 125. C-grade was won by Darren Churchill with a score of 98 from 125 and Melvin Campbell came second with 90 from 125. The overall high gun was won by Adam Reid with a score of 144 from 150. The junior high gun was won by Zach Reid with 103 from 150. The ladies' high gun was won by Wendy Barton on 134 from 150, and the veterans' high gun was won by Tony Barton with 137 from 150 after a coin toss with Julio Serafin as both retired. Brewers next competition day will be held on Saturday, 23rd of March, and they look forward to seeing everyone then. In bowls, pennants continue with the Grade 5 teams travelling to Harden, where they were defeated 57-54, nine rings to two, and in the... Seventh grade, it was the local derby between the Red Club and the Ex-Services Club, with the Ex-Services Club taking the honours 66-64, eight rings to two. This week, Grade 5, Ex-Services host Cootamundra, Grade 7 Ex-Services travel to Harden, and Grade 7 Red Club take on Cootamundra in Cootamundra. Good luck to all teams, and we will see you around Barua.
This is Brewer Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Dean Franklin, here in the JD Podcast Studio in Brewer, and cover art is by Cooper Downing.